All right, perfect. For David and Anka, thank you so much for having me on board, especially with a small little substitution in. Uh, my name is Josh Levitan, taking place here for Fausto Puglisi of Cyber Trading University. Great to see members like Tracy joining us here live, uh, among uh, many others here just joining us here today. So, you know, I'm going to make this extremely simple, extremely to the point, because a lot of attendees here may not know myself, unless if you've been inside our live trading room. But with that said, though, I've been with Fausto for the last eight and a half years, basically doing the same so to say, song and dance every single trading day. So that involves day trading and it involves following big buy and sell order flow, mainly looking at level three and level four. So that's what we're going to be applying here today, but not just towards day trades, not just towards you know, getting in and out quickly. You know, I know a lot of us may not be accustomed to the type of volatility that they, that day trading may provide. So we're not only going to demonstrate it for day trading, but we're really going to dig into it towards swing trading. And hey, like Anka mentioned a moment a moment ago, you know, earnings seasons ahead. You know, next week some big players out there between Microsoft or between um, Google, Amazon, Apple, and uh, you know, we ended up having Tesla just out from yesterday's post market. So you know, we're we're going to dig into Tesla among a couple of others here ahead. Uh, so with that said, let's just hop right to it. There we go. All right. So uh, everyone should be able to see my live trading platform right now. Uh, behind my main chart is my day trading template. So it involves a few extra tools and you know programs that we're not going to be really using here. So I want to keep it to the point, keep it pretty simple, right? Now, of course, we saw the market continue to pull back today after the open. It ended up dropping off and you know, normally, at least inside our live trading room, Fausto built what we kind of uh, call the cyber clock, where it shows, you know, the best and worst times of the day to actively be trading. Well, one thing to know is like normally around that 1015, 1030 Eastern time frame, you know, we'll typically see a reversal, not just within the equities that we're day trading, but often within the market. Now, that's not like a guaranteed 100% rule of thumb, mind you. That's why, you know, at least Fausto had often said 1030, you know, just kind of restructuring a couple of things. I, I like to give a range, 1015 to 1030, that generalized range, you know, sometimes perhaps even later. But, you know, that, that means that going into like 10 o'clock, 1015 just earlier, you know, looking at the S&P, we are hopeful to see a bit of a bounce, a reversal, higher lows at least, and for it to break back up towards the highs, easy to say, that did not happen. We ended up getting a small little move up, but a lower high, and things came crashing back down at least just right up until right now. So, you know, one quick little pointer I want to make when it comes to trading anything, when it, whether it's day trading or swing trading, or at least when it comes to equities in particular, Major market moves, of course, will affect what the stock does coming off its earnings report, right? Uh, but just because the market's slumping down here doesn't mean that major stocks are going to consistently move with it. You know, if there's positive earnings or if a company issues good guidance ahead, you know, that often um, that, that that often kind of has its own accord and, and the stock will make its own own move based off of that. So looking at a couple of trades here, at least from this morning, American Airlines, really quick. We ended up seeing them early this morning in pre-market, you know, report their earnings. I think their uh, revenue is in line or their sales were in line and their uh, quarter four G, uh, EPS, they ended up beating their estimate. So perhaps that could lead to a nice little pump up. You know, oftentimes these earnings plays could lead a stock to make an intraday move of like five, 10, uh, 10% or even more. So I was pretty hopeful to see a nice little squeeze up on American today. Uh, easy to say it didn't. And easy to say it's making a similar move with the SPY. But if you're anticipating a trade on American today, how could you best plot this trade out ahead? You know, what are the biggest levels based off of the order flow, based off the order books, looking at level three and level four to identify where we should look to try and get in or get out, really where the big buyers and sellers are. So this program here on my TradeStation platform is just called the matrix from them. It's what Fausto and myself nickname level three. So when the market's moving right here, you'll be able to see any limit orders out there that are looking to be filled. So for reference, really quickly as I'm talking, you know, a 12,000 share order on the bid, meaning a quote unquote buy order at 16 bucks. So we would consider that to be a potential support here on American Airlines. Um, one little rule of thumb would be that typically just a very generalized rule of thumb would be that normally at whole number prices and 50 cent prices, such as 16 and 16.50, we're often going to find these big iceberg orders that stand out like that. Uh, the bigger, the stronger, the better, right? So, you know, that's something I'll keep a focus on. 
now I, I clicked this a little early here, so pardon me, but no, this is book map. This is uh, what we would nickname level four. And this not only shows the orders that are currently out there, like level three does, but this actually paints a picture of the order book and shows you a history of it across the trading day. So it's easy to say what happened to a stock after the fact, right? Hey, I've been doing this for Fausto now for eight and a half years. I want you to know that I know that. that, that that's simple, right? But at least if you're able to paint these levels out ahead of time, based off the pre-market trading data, based off the prior trading days data, if there's anything relevant there, we'll be able to get a really good idea as far as where the stock is more likely to hit and more likely to hold as a, as a critical support resistance across the morning. So for reference, you know, if you happen to see like the, the green and red kind of squiggly lines here, that, that's the price action. That, that's the stock itself. So any of the darker orange lines or red lines that are above the price action. You know, those are limit orders that are looking to be sold. Those are uh, orders on the ask, and that's what we would consider to be resistance. So, you know, American Airlines coming off, you know, what appears to be a, a somewhat decent earnings report. You know, I didn't go through with a microscope on the on the full report and the, and the press conference after, but, um, you know, it looks like they ended up beating their, their EPS or their EPS beat their estimate and their sales were in line. So, you know, one may look for a squeeze up at some point today. So perhaps it's uh, it's possible to see American Airlines make a move up towards that 17 level again at some point throughout the morning. In order for it to get there, though, it, it needs to show some good buying and it needs to show some good buying after it breaks over resistance beforehand. So we can't just jump into a trade and assume it's going to make any sort of move, right? All we're doing is plotting out particular support resistance lines here to begin. So 17 bucks is something I'll keep an eye on and a couple of orders above it. Now, also what stands out here is I kind of zoomed down. You could see a thinner orange line and that's below where the price action is, right? That's about a 27,000 share, 28,000 share limit order on the bid. Now, that's likely a group of different traders out there, retailers out there. But, you know, that seems to be a popular price level for the stock to try and test if it ends up pulling back. So, you know, those whole number prices we assume to be big levels. And, you know, it shows that at least this morning on American, they were. Uh, but with that in mind, though, here's something I want to show, and this will dig really deep into the active volume that's being traded, not just the volume that's like out there. So the actual volume that's being filled and what the intent of it all is. So here you'll see this column. It's nicknamed CVP. Basically, this is like a, a volume histogram profile. So it shows you, you know, how much volume has been filled at what prices across the morning. So I think that this one's a simple one for us to dig into just because there's one price that really sticks out above all else going from top to bottom on that column. And that would be just right off of what appears to be 1650. All right. So we have 17 and 16 as like iceberg levels. And 16.50, well, you know, there's a lot of volume filled there. Now, what does that mean? Like that, that's kind of just basic. That, that's very broad, I should say. Well, that's where we'll dig into this column here. And, and, and this shows that we have a lot of well, green there. And in CTU, Cyber Trading University, Fausto is we're tape reading, Fausto and myself. You know, when we see green, green we nickname as buying. You know, hey, green, the color of money. Oh, green, a stop sign. Look, you're going to go on a stop sign, right? And green is good for a stock moving upward. The more buying that we may have off that price once the market opens, then there's a chance for that to really explode and make a stronger, sharper uh, push up. All right. Uh, so that's really my thought going into the market open on this American Airlines trade. Now, with that said, though, one cardinal rule that Faust and myself, like we scream out loud when the market opens up, we do our audio broadcast there. Uh, you know, for for our traders and students alike, well, you know, we want to wait the first three to five minutes when the market opens. There's a lot of volume getting filled there, but a lot of unpredictability, some chaos within the first few minutes of the market opening. So, you know, that's where we're going to kind of hold ourselves to that and just kind of take a look to see what happens with the initial pop or move up. You know, again, that's where the market may take control and drag a bunch of stocks down with it. So within the first like two minutes, I think first two, three minutes, we had a head fake. It popped up and then it slammed right back down. We'll see if this ends up breaking right under 1650. It does. Now, here's a quick question for all of us joining me live. Just simple question, if you don't mind participating here briefly for me. When a stock breaks under a critical support level and it drops from it, even though we may not expect it, if we're expecting this to hold, well, if it breaks under this big support level, 
basic charting principles lead me to say that a support level often becomes what? When a support level gets broken through, support often becomes what? Bunch of us saying resistance. Simple as that, right? Now, again, the first five minutes, I'm sitting on my hands. So I'm not jumping headfirst into this trade. And for as much buying as I was led to believe 1650 would have, well, you don't want to catch the falling knife. Now, that's easy to hear. That's easy for me to say. But in terms of finding an actual support level, well, there's a method to go about it. You'd want to see the stock break under that support level first, but you'd want to see it very quickly build back above it. Once it pushes back above that level, then that's your opportunity to enter. So by the time it's like 934, 935, uh, I mean, it was already dropping down here, right? So it broke under this support, so to say, we'll call it support since it was trading above it. And it dropped from it pretty extensively at first, you know, 15 cent drop right away. You know, that's not really seeing a tiny little break. That, that, that's a decent little break. That's a decent break of support. So to me, when a stock breaks under support like that, I would initially expect for it to become resistant. So here, once it's squeezed back up, this is where you want to sit on your hands, not based off the timing of the day, mind you, but based off of core charting principles. That's all. Now, at this point, if we ended up seeing American Airlines hold better here, and if we end up seeing this continue to pop over 1650, right from that point, I would be led more to believe that it has strength to it in order for it to try and make that you know move against the grain. Of course, the markets will prevail if there's a sharper move there altogether. Um, you know, if the S and P just kind of grinds down, that doesn't hold as much weight, in my opinion, with a day trade in particular. Uh, you know, a swing trade, of course, there's a lot more time to try and focus on, you know, an overall move up over time. But, you know, here on American, it ended up just failing to build back up towards the 1650. And it worked out as a really good short afterwards. Um, from that point, what happened? I'll just try and summarize this move because I really want to dig into the Tesla trade. This was incredible from pre-market, the Tesla trade. So we'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, hey, we ended up seeing American Airlines. And this is the move that you want to see, at least with trying to have that support. So we ended up seeing it come down to the next support level shortly uh, prior to 940. It broke under it pretty quickly. That's where you don't want to catch the falling knife. You know, you're looking to try and see it build support right away, but it just broke under it. It dropped off another 10, 12 cents. I would expect that to be resistance at first. So truth be told, I'm not jumping in right away here if I'm expecting a squeeze. But the more times it could build back above that and, and show that support above 16, then I'll anticipate potentially seeing a squeeze back up. But, you know, one extra rule, like I'd said, is like that, that cyber clock rule looking at 1030, 1015, 1030 Eastern time. So if one tries to take this trade here, anticipating a bounce, good earnings, oh, it's going to run back up. Look at the time, still too early. So, you know, when I take this type of trade, it needs to make a very sharp pop and a reaction, perhaps up towards this white line, which we'll just show as the VWAP line, the volume weighted average price there. I, you know, if it fails to continue to show the strength and if the, the foot's taken off the gas pedal, so to say, uh, I'll, I'll break out my corny joke while I'm at it now, since a lot of folks are new to how I kind of do webinars or teach. So it's a little corny of a joke, folks. So bear with me. Might have a couple of us leave the webinar after. How about that? No, I hope not. No, but you know, the difference between a stock and a car, the difference between a stock and an automobile, a car. Well, when you put your foot on the gas pedal for a, for a car, well, the car goes forward, right? So long as you're in drive. When, when the foot's on the gas pedal for a stock, it is trending in a particular manner. And then you know, we're looking for a bounce, a move up. When the foot's taken off the gas pedal for a car, what happens, folks? For Tracy and Franklin, all of us here joining us, I appreciated everyone participating just a moment ago. A simple question, right? When you take your foot off the gas pedal for a car, what happens? Get a couple of us, got a couple of us writing right now. Yeah, it just kind of freezes. Yeah, it just stops, right? Yeah. So ultimately, it just kind of slows down. Well, the difference between a stock and a car is that when the foot's taken off the gas pedal for a stock, it goes in reverse for you and completely puts its foot on the gas pedal again and goes the other way. So you don't want to get stuck hoping and holding this bounce here. You know, if it's not giving it to you, that's what I'm leading to there. So it looked good. Support led to a little bounce. But this is the type of trade where like you just can't get stuck hoping and holding. The market's dropping off. 1030 normally is that reversal time, right? 
So what happened altogether on American Airlines? It ended up bottoming out. It took a long time for this to build off of the 16, but it ended up breaking back above it a little bit later on, shortly after 10 o'clock and shortly after 1030. Well, at least within this area, we're getting that, so to say, higher low. Now we're getting more of a squeeze here. So if the markets continue to even show a little strength, this could be a good timing for American Airlines to trend upwards still, break above the VWAP and, you know, hey, flip that from resistance into support. And for another leg here. So, you know, we'll check back in on that one, perhaps by the end of this you know, webinar here ahead. Um, I may not run all the way till 12 o'clock Eastern here coming up. So we'll see what's ahead. But, you know, on Tesla here, this was an incredible, incredible trade in pre-market. You know, obviously a lot of eyes on Tesla for good or bad reasons, long or short reasons. You know, obviously Eli just, or Elon is a relatively polarizing, right? So we had a big pop overnight off the earnings. And with that, I know a lot of folks were focused on this inside our live trading room early this morning. So, you know, normally we open up our live trading room as early as 7.30 Eastern time. Some students and members join even earlier to chat, but, you know, we'll get a screen sharing by 7.30. We have a pre-market watch list posted as late as 7.45, 7.50 Eastern time. I try and get it out there by 7.45 this morning, 7.50, because it was like kind of a flatter pre-market. I don't like only putting one stock on the watch list and that's it. So, you know, I knew Tesla was moving. Uh, you know, we normally don't even tend to focus on as expensive of a trade as Tesla, at least when it comes to day trading, swing trading, different story, right? But, you know, with a day trade, it's a lot of money to trade a decent number of shares, right? So you do want to lower your share size if you're looking to day trade it. But, um, you know, what we were focused on on this trade going into the pre-market, well, why don't you folks tell me, where do we have the darkest red line that goes across this page. What price level do we tend to have the, the darkest red line horizontally that goes across the screen? Got a few orange there, got a couple extra things to focus on. You know, this, uh, this is a pretty uh, dynamic platform here to try and use. So there's a lot to look at, right? But a lot of us saying right away, hey, how about Leda joining us? One of our longtime students of CTU. I appreciate, appreciate her being here. Always love to see Leda. So Leda, alongside all of our other members here joining us here today, 155. How about that? So, you know, what does that represent? What does that mean? Like, yeah, it's red. Okay. Well, that represents a sell order. That That's a group of traders. You know, we don't know who's in there, how many, uh, but, you know, a lot of that probably retail, but it just goes to show that's a very common, popular price level where traders are looking to sell. So that, for the time being, is a resistance. Now, for me, in terms of buying a stock, like we were looking at on American Airlines in terms of support, but in this case here at Tesla, as resistance, you want to take a trade long directly after it breaks through a big level on the way up. Now, that's a day trade, right? A swing trade, you do want to do the same type of technique, but there's a lot more factors to kind of focus on across a period of time. And I'm not just saying like, day over day or week over week, like just kind of looking at it throughout the day and into the evening, the overnight session, kind of studying what's ahead. There's a lot more planning that goes involved with doing trade, right? A lot more time involved too. So here, you know, simply put, my best entries to buy a stock are directly after it breaks over a big level immediately after. Now, in terms of seeing 155, it's the first time it's going to test that price level coming up here, right? I mean, maybe it tested it early in pre-market, but not uh, after this order came out. So, you know, coming up will be the first actual test of this price. I normally would look to hesitate. I would normally look to say, you know what, if this stock is going to look to try and uh, break over this level, let it kiss it the first time. Let it try and false break it at first. But there's so many eyes on this trade and it's after eight o'clock as well. So normally some of the best trades in pre-market trading come after eight o'clock. So with that, Tesla popped 155, immediately it ran. It was built up. And I think a large part of that is also, like I'd said previously, because well, although that order wasn't out there at first, it was testing 155, at least beforehand. So you know, for every time it's even testing it, even though this is a false breakout and it comes down hard, this could be interpreted as potential buying interest. The only way it becomes potential buying interest is if the stock allows it another chance at running up towards that price again later on. So if it you know never moves back up there, then there's no thought of a breakout over 155, right? But the more times the stock could 
pin at a level and break over it, stab at it. It's showing that interest. It's showing that buying interest, much like American, uh, much like the American Airlines trade. Once it broke under sixteen fifty, well, clearly in the the intent on the immediate term was known. Selling became resistance after. Now we'll see if we'll move back up. But you know, again, with Tesla, the buying aspect comes into play really well here in pre market because, of course, it's easy to say, well, it ran up after. Okay. Well, you know, once it broke over that 155 line, that triggered a really strong entry. As much as it runs up in pre market, I could dig into this further, but you know, the simple way to go about it is the more it runs up steadily, if you're not in the trade already, you become a lot more reluctant trying to enter the trade because you got to expect a pullback or you got to expect a reversal. It's not a guarantee it's going to run all the way up here. It does. I know that after the fact, but. You know, when it's running up here at 157, 158, not a full-fledged guarantee it hits 160. Maybe the foot's taken off the gas pedal at 159. So, you know, it's just to say that, you know, if you missed it from 155, it does become harder to try and just lean into and just jump into. You know, for every trade I take, and I certainly hope for all of us here, regardless of your style of trading, regardless of your experience level here of, of trading, you know, uh, the first rule with trading, regardless, you need to know your intent with the trade. Like, are, are you day trading this? Are you swing trading this? You know, are you entering it for a specific reason? If it's just because the stock is going up, that, that that's gambling. You know, I'm not here for that, right? And I hope you're not here either for that. Uh, you know, there has to be more of a reason for you to risk thousands of dollars of your hard-earned money. You know, uh, I'm sure I'm talking to a lot of folks that are retired or semi-retired here. Um, and if you're working full time, well, that proves my point even more because you're grinding it out each and every day and you're trying to trade on top to supplement your income. Last thing you want to do is be a jerk and jump into a trade you know, recklessly, right? So of course, there's plenty of trades personally that I will miss because I just wasn't there for it. That's all. That's why early bird gets the money. You got to join our trading room early in the morning, at least prior to eight o'clock. You could at least take a step back and breathe and, and, and relax and set your morning up, you know, see this Tesla trade, make the move up to 155. Okay. Really quick folks for all of us joining us here. And perhaps especially my student Leda who just chatted before when a stock breaks above resistance and it runs off of it. Resistance should often become what at first. Hey, how about Michael joining us here as well? One of our longtime CTU. There we go. Support. How about that? Support. Well, I'll bring this level four screen back up in a moment. You know, if this is a little hard on the eyes for anyone that's new to seeing this program, I, understandable, right? Let's go back to the just main trading platform here, just the charts, right? Now, it's not all as simple as that. I mean, it could be, but there, there, there is more to it much more often than not, right? So for anyone that missed out on Tesla early this morning from the break over 155, of course, it grinded down with the markets. And if the S&P breaks lower here coming up, very good chance Tesla is going to retest this 155 and potentially break under it you know, soon enough. But if you're looking for a clean entry, a day trade type of position, this could not have worked out any better from the insider live trading room. You know, we had called it out early in pre-market. So, you know, at least going into the open, uh, Tesla wasn't my main focus personally. I actually had another trade perhaps we'll go over in a moment on AMD, but I want to talk more about swing trading in a moment, how this can transition towards swing trading um, you know, as well. But at least in terms of an intraday trade, well, it's easy to say it bounced from 155, right? It's easy to say that. But you know, for myself, if I'm looking to anticipate support, well, I want it to actually break under that support level first, like just like on this red candle. I don't focus on the close or the open of the tiny microscopic one, one minute bars, folks. So that's often a question that I'll get asked whenever I do these webinars just to a more generalized audience. You know, of course, the swing trading, you know, the, the daily, weekly opens and closes and monthly uh, and yearly are all extremely important. But, you know, at least with day trading, I care more about the, 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 the mechanics of my entry, meaning I want it to break under the support line and immediately break back over it because my best entry is to buy a stock are directly after it breaks through a big level on the way up. So if it's trading above 155, it needs to break under 155 first in order for it to break back. So if you have that mindset already instilled, if that's your intent going into the trade, well, this worked out perfect, right? 
Now, how about this? Because, you know, for any of our, uh, you know, members here joining us here that are unfamiliar with myself, which is probably a lot of folks because, you know, everyone's used to Fausto doing these webinars, timing research is such a great platform, especially this, you know, multi-speaker conference here. So with saying that, you know, I'm relatively repetitive with how I instruct because, you know, there's more to it aside from the catchphrases and lines I say, but repetition is everything. It, it, it instills a foundation, right? So I don't mean to pick on Lita and Michael, our two students of CTU that joined me here suddenly. But while I see you, I may as well use it here. So when a stock breaks through a big level for Lita and Michael, simply put, when a stock breaks through a big level, what are we expecting shortly after? Very simply put, very simply put, when a stock breaks through a big level, Lita says a pop. Well, that's certainly, you know, a good, that's a good answer, right? And in terms of this trade, we want the pop. But just to be as simple as possible, because for a short trade, you just want a big move shortly after. So you want a good reaction. In this case, of course, I'd look for the pop and pop. We got the big reaction, the big move immediately after. It ended up running up like over two points right away in like a minute or so. So of course, there's a shake after and a, you know, a little cautious as it drags back down briefly, but it ends up eventually making the higher high, the build back up. So that actually led to like one of the simplest trades on my morning, at least today, you know, it's a more expensive stock. So, you know, psychologically as a trader, especially as a new day trader, you see some of these like, you know, high flying moves and, you know, big percent gainers, which those we love to take too. I mean, that's honestly more of our forte than anything. But as an experienced day trader, you need to at least realize like, you know, if there's not many of those that are really working out too well on a given morning, all I care about is what gives me the best opportunity to make money. This couldn't have given me any more of an opportunity to try and make money. Resistance became support, big iceberg level from level four book map, as we as we showed. You know that that proved as a key level. Now I was also focused at the same time on AMD, and after this we'll dig more into swing trading with this. But you know AMD, you could see is making more of a weaker drop off right now with major markets, the S and P, the spies I show here. Um, you know, AMD is kind of just more of a sideless stock of mine, uh, you know, NASDAQ 100 trade as well. So, you know, I know a lot of folks are familiar with it, or at least, you know, are, are aware of the stock, if not trading it themselves. Uh, it's one of my favorite trades, actually. And I don't want to go into my sob story with AMD because, you know, just to give you a little, little taste. When I first started off with Fausto back in 2014, um, you know, I was learning the ropes, going through the motions, and uh, I eventually found AMD on my own studies, and it was already running up at the time. So, you know, I was a little late to the party at first, but, you know, I thought AMD was going to make a, a long-term play move up towards like $70, $75. It's a, a chip stock, AI company to a, to a great level. Lisa Su, great president, yada, yada. I was a rookie then, and I ended up trading an extremely large number of shares as a swing trade. And there's too much emotion on the line when you're doing that. So AMD actually reported inline earnings one morning in 2016, and it dropped off like 8%. I lost like 90% of my profits. I was up, and I ended up chickening out and closing um, because I had just you know had too much emotion on the line. So long story short... Ended up panning out really well, and it ended up running out, running up without me on the swing side. Made for a great day trade, of course, within that time frame as well. But that's why I'm more familiar and used to AMD, even though it's a bad story to mention. I'm just used to the stock. It's a great day trade too. So one thing I want to show just with this, because you know we focused on those orange lines on on level four on the bookmap program, and those are iceberg orders. Those are limit orders out there to try and buy or sell off of the. Next, really simplest thing for us to try and pick apart on this, and this is where Anka talked about, you know, like the the gaps and the closes from from her presentation just before. The close price is extremely important. Does anybody know why? Now, for students like Lita and Michael, rather not give the answer away if you don't mind, but for other attendees here, in your opinion, why is the close price so important? Got to see. I got a couple of us typing right now. I could see, so I want to give everyone like a you know a couple seconds here. They require like a sentence or so. It's very popular price level to follow day to day, week to week. No takers, it seems. All right. So the reason why the close price is so important, Tracy did mention just right there before a gap. Well, if there is a gap, then it could be used as a potential level to try and anticipate support or resistance, right? But why? 
Why? Sounds like a five-year-old, right? It sounds like a five-year-old asking that. Why? Why? No, but seriously, why? Well, it's built around volume. Oftentimes, when the market closes, you're going to get a bunch of orders that get triggered to close or open, perhaps, at the closing price. So you're oftentimes seeing market makers and just retailers alike, but just closing out their ledgers across the day. And that's just from 3.55 all the way until 4 o'clock, the whole way through, that, that final five minutes. And then at 4 p.m., though, you're going to see a much larger print come out on the time and sales window. You know, if you have that on your platform, you know, that shows all of the transactions that are actually getting filled. But here on level four, the way to kind of identify that and show that, look at these dots. They're red. So, you know, the, the color of them, you know, will go through maybe, but it's more just saying, well, at the closing price yesterday on AMD, there is a 1.97 million share print, a transaction for 1.97 million shares. It got filled at 74.91. Now, the question is, who knows what? Wh who's doing what at that price? That, that, my friends, I don't have the answer to that. We don't react to that as much. What we react to is just what happens the next morning. Well, AMD gapped up the next morning. So in this case, since it's a gap up, well, I'd often use that closing price as a potential support level. So early this morning, as AMD was dropping, I was like just kind of sifting around. Like I wasn't really uh, buckled in on this trade at first. Uh, a couple of other like cheap stocks that I thought were going to make a big move. And then they just became teases. So, you know, that's where I started focusing on the Teslas. I focused in on AMD. So with that, I'm looking at $75 because normally at a whole number price level, like 74, 75, 76, you know, you're, you're going to get an iceberg there of sorts, right? But it was 74.91. That was the closing price, right? That's where we had that big closing bell print as I'll nickname it. You could see it first, it led to the initial little squeeze up. It broke under both of these lines and popped right back above it. So I ended up jumping in right from that for right from there. Now, the th the thing is on this trade as an active day trader, you know, the intuition that I have that, you know, you'll need to learn just day by day over time and Fausto of course like, you know, oozes out of him. It, it's just to say like you, you could tell when a stock is going to make a particular move. So at first, I jumped in, it led to a great squeeze, popped up 50 cents right away. I stayed in the trade because I thought it was going to give me more. And it pulled back and it stopped me out break even exactly at my same entry price. So it's a shame to say, but at first it popped, it dropped, and then it broke lower. So on the very immediate term, I said to myself, okay, well, you know, if it's not making that big move that I want, then there's a chance that this is just going to tank. Well, very shortly after, I was still watching this trade and it ended up making that pop. It broke back over that yellow line. So as I was still watching it, fortunately, it's easy for me to say, but fortunately, I was able to jump back in to try and assume that support level. But again, you got to get that immediate reaction, that big move. The more times it just kind of chops around or, you know, hell, if it just breaks right back below that line, we, uh, and I don't mean this in a mean way. I don't in, mean to say this to anyone. I actually more say this to myself and, and you know, about myself than, than about anyone here, of course. But, you know, you got to drop the ego just because it's not making the big move right away, you know, doesn't mean that it will. So you got to see that immediate reaction. If not, fold the deck, odds are. So, you know, it popped back up right away. And then at that point, I ended up getting out off of 75.50. It popped up a little bit more, but you know, it basically made a head fake off the trend line I built and then pulled back. Um, now here though, here's the interesting part, right? Because you know, I can go back more and more if I'd like, but this is the closing price from yesterday. And this is the closing price from the day before. And in terms of you know, how big is big? Well, 1.97 million share print, 2.69 million share print at 74.70. So, you know, over time, should the markets begin to build support? Look what's happening here for the meantime. You know, it might chop around there slightly as we're kind of now in dead zone time trading. You know, after 1030 Eastern time, you know, this is not really the best time of the day to be actively trading or especially day trading, if anything, looking for these sharper, you know, momentum based moves. So, you know, even if it does build support here over time, as a day trade, that actually wouldn't really be the best or most ideal uh, spot right here, or at least trade to look at. You know, a more expensive stock, I feel like it should make a bigger move for it to be, uh, 
you know, worth my time for me to justify trading a more expensive trade, right? That's why Tesla, I was like kind of you know, like harping on so much once it made that immediate bounce off the 155. Now with AMD, at least, obviously there's no news behind it. Like there is Tesla at least. So, you know, ended up just kind of following the markets on the way down, kind of just pulled down with it. Right. So that's where I say like right now as a day trade, this isn't really a good trade to follow. If it ends up making a big pop with the market, if there's some sort of, you know, um, catalyst, very short term catalyst that ha that comes out within the market today and we get a pop, then perhaps we'll get that build and run off that 7470 level on AMD. But in terms of, you know, using this as swing trading, because, you know, of course, I, I understand that most of us here are, if not just straight up investing and looking for, you know, more of a portfolio to build across this calendar year, you're looking more for just short term intermediary term swing trades, right? So you could still use level four, level three and level four, both in order to plot out swing trades from day to day. So here could be a pretty good example coming up. Um, Actually, how about this? I got a couple of us just chatting away right now. So for Tracy and Greg, and perhaps for Lita, Michael and all of us, Franklin, uh, Edgar, all of us here otherwise, you know, hey, any stock that you are personally interested in right now, any stock that you're a fan of trading day to day or week to week, an equity has to be like a publicly traded stock and equity. You could apply level four to futures, but I don't have data for that. But if there is a stock that you'd want me to look at, let me know. I'll go through one more example that I have, but pertaining to a swing trade. But I want to hear from you folks if there's anything that you'd want me to look at. All right. So it was on the Mara trade here. And so far, it's panning out. We'll see if we end up getting a better bounce, though. Um, as folks look to answer that, I mean, hey, I don't know how many folks are interested here in crypto, in, in Bitcoin and all of that stuff. Uh, obviously, there's so much pessimism behind it after the last year, especially with that guy, Sam F SBF and all of that. So you know, it's just to say that, you know, there's definitely a lot of pessimism um, behind it, but there are some stocks that could really make an explosive move when we happen to see Bitcoin make a nice run because they're affiliated with crypto and Bitcoin mining. So, you know, one stock in particular that we are really big fans of inside our live trading room um, to day trade and to swing trade too, but more on the day trade side, it, it is Mara. Now as a swing trade, well, we could plot this out live because coming up, should we happen to see support build across the markets and we get more of a bounce back up later on today, then Mara could definitely be a good beneficiary of that, you know, as crypto has been relatively strong the last couple of weeks at least. So, you know, with saying that, if we go back to yesterday's trading, notice the three orange lines and red line here that Mara broke over. So, you know, it broke through not just one, not just two, but three different orders on the ask icebergs so to say um actually just to go even in full let's get whew, look at the sizes of these that's crazy i didn't even realize how big these were actually uh you know sizes or volumes always relative so you know bookmap does a great job at showing that the, the dynamic of, of volume relativity because you know it will show just how big is big uh, you know orange or red line denotes a larger iceberg but when you look at actually the size, the, you know, the actual number, how many shares, holy smokes, you got 110,000 shares here at 840, 122,000 shares at 850, 219K at 860. In the moment here, I wouldn't have expected Mara to run over each and every one of these. So it broke over at least the one at 850. This one may have been pulled, but otherwise it broke over certainly 850 and 860 numerous breaks over it and it flew. So, hey, we answered it before. When a stock breaks above resistance and it runs off of it, resistance oft becomes support. And, you know, if we're looking at a healthier market heading into the uh, early afternoon and certainly across the rest of the trading day, then we could really use that 850 level as a support level for Mara on a swing trade, not just a day trade here. Of course, you want to take it day by day and focus on the close by four o'clock today and, you know, chart it historically too. you know, looking at the daily, weekly, monthly chart, um, you know, oftentimes when I'm swing trading, you know, I'm using specific indicators along with my uh, book map here, along with my level four to plot out levels with day trading. I don't, I, I can't afford myself that much time. So I need to really just more rely on the volume uh, part of it to try and anticipate these shorter day trade type of moves. All right. So, you know, hey, we have a couple of stocks right here. BX, we'll try and look at that. And then FedEx from uh, 
someone else here, FDX that is. So uh, we'll take a look at FDX. FDX though, keep in mind as we trade a more expensive stock, unless if it is extremely, uh, if not high float, it, it, you know, otherwise, unless it has an extremely large number of outstanding shares, it's not going to make for a, a liquid order book. So an iceberg order out there for FedEx might not be big. Like when you look at this heat map program, you know, truth be told, this does not look easy on the eyes. This looks really kind of wacky, doesn't it? So, you know, I don't have more data for FedEx outside of the previous 24 hours. That's why it may be a little bit difficult for me to go over this one. Um, one thing I like to do with this program when I'm demonstrating it is, well, hey, uh, if there's an ugly picture here, if this looks extremely hard to read, which it does, I mean, I'm saying that, well, I'll try and take this off because there's nothing here that stands out. There's no clear levels here aside. All right. Maybe there's one here at 189.25. That's like some sort of order out there. But when you look at the size, contrary to what we just showed on Mara and the hundreds of thousands of shares that made that red and orange lines, this is only 200 shares making that up. I can't rely on 200 shares. I can't use that as a big level for me to base a trade off of. So truth be told, this is like just, you know, not a good heat map to use. I'll take the heat map part off though, because what we can at least try and plot are, well, the opening bell print levels here. And we could focus on the, the columns that are showing on the right side. Let's see if this ends up uh, giving me what I want here. There we go. So when the market opened up, much like we have at the close, you'll see a larger transaction pop up at 9.30, the market open. It's a very similar concept. Now, this though, again, in terms of size, to me, I would not be really relying right away on this one price that's showing at 188.90. Not right away. The size is only 9,396 shares. I mean, hey, the examples we've been showing before, although those are cheaper stocks, th that's not really the, the largest size out there that I feel that we could see. So it would need to prove itself to me as a clear-cut level, like later on, like at 10 o'clock, 10.30, if it's holding well, and well, it's showing its strength, it's proving itself to me. So that's kind of my analysis on this trade there uh, from our attendee that asked about FedEx. But it goes to show, though, at least, hey, it did hold. It did hold there. Now, later on today, you know, I don't know if there's any earnings news on FedEx. I don't believe for there to be if we got an ugly heat map there. But the more times this could potentially stab above that resistance at 188.90, then it's more likely for it to eventually pop and make that illustrious run, right? That bigger move up higher. So, you know, right now would not be a good time to try and, uh, you know, look for that squeeze but the more times it could try and stab at it, the next best trading time for us inside our room, you know, that's at like three o'clock. So, I, you know, if it could really hold under there well, and by the next best trading time, it can make a better pop, then it could be something to look at. But either way, like kind of my MO with following any trade and the same to be said for Fausto, if there's no big money out there, you know, if there's no big icebergs, like really big sizes out there, then it's tough to try and force it. I mean, you don't want to force anything, right? So that's where I say it's tough because much more often than not, you're not really going to get what you want. So, you know, there's going to be a bunch of stocks that don't offer as much big money to follow. So those types of stocks may not be as applicable to follow on a day-to-day -day basis with us, but there's plenty of mega cap or large cap stocks that we'll look to trade, you know, especially if they're coming off news like Tesla. Um, now, Michael, one of our longtime students, we'll look at this as our last example, and then we'll wrap up. But Shopify. So Shopify, I do have some data from yesterday on Mike, because it's one I had an eye on for a swing trade going into tomorrow. So it ended up making a nice pop yesterday, early in the morning. I think there was news that came out with Deutsche Bank and an upgrade, uh, raising their price target from 40 to 50 bucks, right? So on Shopify... The, my general consensus with like upgrades when it comes to at least day trade is you don't hold your breath waiting for that target, that upgrade, whatever number they upgrade it to. Uh, you know, perhaps when the news headline comes out, some eyeballs, you know, see it, they end up trying to jump in on it. It could lead to a good squeeze. And that was my intent. But, you know, once this ended up opening up, it ended up popping pretty nicely. 
and it broke out above resistance off of 45 and you know, like 45, 20 ish made a strong move at first. But at that point, it's only 945 in the morning. So when you're thinking about potential reversal time to be around that 1015, 1030, you have a lot of time for this to continue. So there's a lot of hope for this to pop here again and rip and run. Because once it re-breaks above a big volume level like we had here at 46, you know, there was like about 20,000, no, probably more, 27,000 plus shares on the ask at 46. So it breaks above it, right? The more times it could crack above it, it should give, it should go. So, you know, this led to a head fake. This was a little disappointing because once it broke above, you would expect that higher high, or at least, you know, for resistance later on to become support, just lower high. And it topped off real early from that stage, right? So that threw us for a bit of a loop, but you know, hey, this was not an earnings play. This was just simply a headline that came out that, oh, like Deutsche Bank ended up you know, uh, giving it a new rating and price target. There's plenty of other banks, firms, major players out there that are going to have their own ratings. So, you know, you don't want to just hope and hold for the news, right? One of my famous catchphrases, I just said it before, when a stock breaks through a big level, we should be getting a big move shortly after. And that's certainly in relation to day trading as well as swing trading. Swing trading just may offer us an extra day or two of waiting just to see the close above a major level or not, um, or for it to hold above it after the close. But just with, with a day trade move, it pops above it here. This is my perfect example of you know the, that corny joke I said before of like how a stock is you know similar to a car or how it's different, I should say. Uh, you know, once the foot was taken off the gas pedal here, right back down. Now, though, if you're looking at this, though, and thinking, well, hey, maybe there's still some life left on it across the remainder of this week. You know, perhaps this can make for a great trade later on, you know, tomorrow or the next trading day that is, aka today. Well, let's use this to try and plot out, you know, the levels that Shopify is trading today, like live right now, because this is yesterday's heat map here. And it looks, you know, a little... It might look a little you know, hard on the eyes at first, but you know the, the biggest thing that I focus on is just where the dark orange lines are. That's it. That's the first thing. So I'll focus on right away. This looks like a pretty fat orange line right at 47 bucks. Yesterday, Shopify bright, broke right over it. Well, it broke above resistance. We saw a bunch of buying volume, buying interest once that order got filled. So resistance should become support at first. Now, otherwise though, 48 was a pretty big iceberg level, whole number there. 46, you could say the same at 46 as you could say at 47. It broke above it and ran. So that's a lot of buying interest right off of 46 as well. Now we'll kind of chart these others if we need to. Just we'll kind of start off on those three levels at least, and then we'll kind of jump back to this trade. All right. So Shopify had a nice little move up overnight. So it was up you know, a little percentage this morning, maybe one, two percent. So that also factors in. But you know, hey, for it to smash above 47 the way it did, right? We were saying, well, for as much buying as we had there yesterday, that would become a support to watch today. So it didn't become that level instantly. It tried to, right? Here would have been a very opportune attempt at trying to take that trade because we're after 1030. We're, we're kind of after that reversal time or just on the you know uh, other side of it. So this should or could look to pop and reverse. This could have been a very good entry. But again, it's not making that reaction that you want, that bigger move, the, the higher highs after. So maybe later on, I could do it here. You know, right now, this time of the day, we're not really seeing as much momentum within the market. So you know, of course, if the markets hold here and we get a small little bounce, then as a swing trade, at least that could lead to a nice entry if this holds higher lows off of 47. Otherwise, our next major support level from, from, from yesterday was off of 46. So in terms of taking a swing trade, you know, at least one of my things that I look for, because I'm, I'm inside our live trading room all day from A to Z, head to toe from 7.30 to 4 p.m. Eastern. So I'm looking to take day trades, but if there is a good swing trade that I've kind of been researching and have had my eyes on for a little while, well, that morning, that afternoon, when I'm like kind of like on that trade, I'm going to be a lot more intent on that than I would be a day trade. So there will be times where I take a trade with the intent of it being a swing trade, 
and it ends up pulling back and I get stopped out pretty quick because well, my day trading brain leads me to think, hey, you know what? If it's not going to build those higher lows from here, then it's going to eventually make a move to the next support level. So I'll take a swing trade and I'll take a tiny loss. But if it keeps pulling back, I might just try and take that swing trade just from the next level. There's a difference between catching the falling knife and looking for the bounce from the next major support. So, you know, over time, at least, if I take a swing trade, the most important criteria for me is making sure that we see the stock close over that level and then build the support up the next day or the next coming days, at least. So that will always be kind of my criteria with knowing, all right, am I on the right track with seeing an actual build of support and a run back up or not? Like, even if we go back to Tesla, 155. Hey, you know, if one thought that, you know, we'd have a more bullish market going into the remainder of this week, then that could be used as a swing trade opportunity. But as you're watching the S&P and it's kind of meddling around and it's not really making that that pop back up again off 400, well, it might retest 400 later on. And well, what if the S&P breaks below 400 coming up today? Don't try and swim upstream, right? Don't try and swim upstream. Don't try and hope and hold, you know, just because Tesla coming off good earnings. You know, if the more this can needle and test 155, it's going to break it. Now, I know this from personal experience because just over the last month, well, as the markets were, were falling from that stage, I was looking at, well, as Tesla was falling from that stage, I should say, you know, the markets were factoring in later on with it. But, you know, when Elon was, you know, with his uh, Twitter crusade and all of that, you know, there was a lot of heat on him and Tesla took a huge hit. And that was much before I even thought about trying to swing trade it. So to see the stock drop from like 320 all the way down, I was looking for support off of 150 and that was back in mid-December. So the more it was dropping, the more it was dropping, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, hey, I feel like we're going to get a small intermediary bounce, at least, you know, a tiny bounce I could use as a swing trade. And, you know, a psychological level like 150, 100, et cetera, it should provide that level. But don't get stuck hoping. Point being, I looked for the trade there and off a of book map, off a of level four, you know, I, I can't go back that far there. But, you know, you could see that there was a lot of volume off of that 150. And, you know, it made a great attempt, but it ended up breaking down the next trading day. The more times it tests that support level and stabs at it, it's going to eventually give out. So that's where you don't want to get stuck hoping and holding. Now, we're going to wrap up right now. I know that my time is very limited, David. So I appreciate you having me on. I can't be more um, honored, honestly, to be here. And I appreciate you just um, you know having me on your platform. So what I wanted to do is actually extend the offer and invitation to any of our attendees here to join our live trading room uh, for a week-long trial. That is, um, first and foremost, if you're, if you're not looking to join us inside our live trading room, what you could do is just follow us on YouTube. Just go right to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash cybertradingu, and you'll be able to click the subscribe button right there. Uh, we do our morning and afternoon meetings uh, simulcast, not just inside our live trading room, but weekdays, Monday to Friday on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook alike. So you could follow us there as well. Uh, but though, if you were looking to join us inside our live trading room, the Cyber Group trading room, you'll be able to see our stock trading platform from open to close. Uh, we do pre-market trading. Uh, we'll look to make posts all throughout the day. Our morning and afternoon watch lists are posted at the top here. Uh, you'll be able to follow our students and instructors. Of course, Fausto um, is off today or he's out today, and I had a tag in for him. He'll be back inside our live trading room, I believe, tomorrow. So you'll get to hear from him. But with that in mind, though, not only does this trading room come with just our call-outs and our meetings, but it'll come with access to our weekly workshops, our weekly Traders Talk workshop, that is, and all of the uh, recordings that, that come along with that, the Traders Talk weekly recordings that we offer. So you, that, you know that's really our best source of education that we could provide to anyone outside of our main classes, our main curriculum. So our trading room is offered at $9 for a week-long trial. Um, if you're interested in going further from that point, then you would have to talk to an education advisor. You know, it, we don't want to just have you join our classes right away because, you know, just, hey, a week is really all you need to see uh, if this is for you or not. It's not just like seeing, oh, this stock popped, this stock made 